Someone once said, it's, mer- it's messy in the nursery, uh, it's neat and tidy in the graveyard. And uh, I'd rather the mess of the nursery where there's new life all the time uh, rather than the neatness and tidiness of the graveyard. And um, so we're going um, to teach. Thank you, band. That was great. I just want to say... Uh, <laughs> Well, they weren't that good. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> Not funny. Um, uh, I just want to say it's a joy and a privilege uh, to be here uh, with you guys. Um, and just a little bit about what happened just now. Um, I, I hadn't planned it. We hadn't planned it. In fact, uh, um, I, and I just thought that maybe the Lord was doing something. And so I wanted to make space for that. I didn't know he was. It just, it was just, I think you are, Lord. I think this is what you're saying. And I really didn't want to go there uh, because there's all that. And I'm telling you this for a reason. I didn't want to go there because there was all the, you know, I was like saying, oh, no, no, no. They've, you know, I've not even, they've not even met me. What they're going to think? Um, you know, we, um, uh, it's going to get messy. Um, and it, what if nothing happens? Uh, and then I said, how am I going to transition into the talk if before they've ever met me, I say, I think the Lord's doing stuff and he's not. And all, you know, I had all of that, yeah? I had all of that. And the reason I'm telling you that is because um, it's that normal. You know, it's that, it's that in our brokenness. It's that in our questions. It's that in our, in our stuff. And in fact, I was a little bit, not annoyed, because I'm not annoyed, but it was like, oh, because, you know, that's just cut in to my preaching time and um and well that is annoying if you're a preacher isn't it I mean how would you like it if suddenly you had to be 15 minutes shorter mm, yeah so um and uh just to say we're not the experts on any of this stuff that we're going to be sharing but we're on a journey just like you are um, the other thing I just wanted to say, which I need to say, um, is there was reference made um, to um, my, my fashion uh, sense in the introduction. And um, I'm not daft. I know that was said with a hint of sarcasm. Um, but uh, I just need to say, I don't mind that because um, uh, I, I'm very secure in the fact that um, I am actually a fashion icon. And, uh, um, yeah. and when it comes to things like this, where I go today, youth culture goes tomorrow. And uh, you watch, you watch. Yes, you people from Portland who think you're all hip and trendy. In your mainly black. Well, that's so yesterday. Um, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Um, uh, and I'm going to start um, with an experience that I had uh, uh, years and years ago when I was a student. So we're talking about the last century. And uh, um, I was a student at university in Birmingham, which is the centre of England, not your Birmingham. And... Uh, um, there was a, um, a healing evangelist uh, came to the city on tour, 
and he was doing a whole load of uh, meetings, and I went along. And uh, he took over um, this huge um, auditorium. It was called the Bull Ring in the center of Birmingham, and there were a few thousand people there. And I sat um, near, nearish the back uh, with some friends, and uh, he spoke, and uh, then he prayed for people, and then there came a point where he said, if you're in a wheelchair, I want you by faith to get out of your wheelchair and by faith to stand, and the Lord will heal you as you step out in faith. And as you do that, the Lord is going to, you know, you need to exercise faith. And there was a guy two rows in front of me uh, with no legs, and he had shorts on, and he just had these stumps. And I sat there, and I watched as his two friends lifted him up uh, with, with, on either arm. And he stood there, um, and he just started waving his stumps frantically. And uh, as people got out of wheelchairs, people started cheering and all of that. And I sat there watching him go red in the face as he was just waving by faith waving his stumps, to, uh, moving his stumps to, 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 to just to, by faith to stand. And after quite a while, the meeting finished and he was totally exhausted. And his friends, uh, in a rather embarrassed way, they put him back in the wheelchair and they left. And then people started leaving and I just sat there behind him watching him. And I, he didn't know I was there and I sat there as he sat in his wheelchair, recovering his breath. And then he just was looking at the ground. And then after a while, he shrugged, and he started to wheel himself away. And I remember I sat there thinking, I never, ever, ever want to be involved in something as ugly as that. Never. Because that was not the heart of Jesus. That was not the love and the tenderness and the kindness and the compassion of Jesus. And you, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that. You know, it was like, no, no, I don't want to go there. And then a few years later, I discovered that there is a way that we can move in the power of the Spirit and pray for healing, which doesn't abuse human beings which doesn't um, uh, make them uh, uh, vulnerable and, and expose them and hurt them, uh, that, that actually the power of the Spirit comes to reveal the love of Jesus and that the two belong together. And uh, I want to talk about a, a, a way that, that this is meant to happen because what we've done in the church is, is some of us, uh, we've seen the excesses and we've seen some of the um, uh, excessive claims and, the, and some of the hype and some of the manipulation that can be. And we, we, we've all, we all have that. We're all human. We all have that tendency. And so what we've done is we've withdrawn. We said we'll have nothing to do with that. And, and so we end up with, uh, with uh, a Christianity that's all about words and not about anything else. And then others of us, we so have longed for the ministry of the Spirit, that sometimes we've, we've not been authentic, we've not been kind, we've not cared about individuals, and there's a way that this is supposed to happen together. There's a way this is supposed to happen together. And do you know, every time Jesus moves 
in, by his spirit to meet with his people. I, it's meant to, and I've seen it, it's meant to reveal his kindness. It's meant to reveal his love. It's meant to reveal his tenderness and his goodness. And the other thing that, I, you know what, I wasted so much of my life following the anointed men and women of God around. If there was an anointed man of God coming through town, I'd be there. I mean, there was this one lady called Jean Darnell. None of you would have heard of her. She's uh, from a different... And um, God used her in wonderful ways. Have you heard of her? No. Good. Uh, God, I mean, she's amazing. But God used her in wonderful ways. And, you know, I was her groupie. When I was, you know, like, whenever she came through, anywhere near London, I was there. And whatever the call was uh, for, for prayer, we would like, I would be in the queue for her to pray for me. We ended up friends. Because literally, you know, when it was my turn for her to lay hands on me, she said, oh, hello, it's you again. <laughs> you know, how we'd have a little chat, and then she'd pray for me, and, and, and that would be it. And I, I just, you know, like, I just, I just... I followed her everywhere. And what I, I did is, is I was waiting for the anointed person to come and do the ministry at us. And you know what? That's just, that's just never, that's never going to win the world. Because there's not many like that. And, and what I've discovered is that, um, is that the anointing rests on the whole church. When it comes to the ministry of Jesus, God says, Everyone can play. The only rule is play nicely and share the toys. You know, play nicely and share the toys. This ministry is for all of us. It's for the whole church. And, you know, there's only one person I've ever met who really is truly anointed. There's only one. I'm going to tell you his name. It's Jesus. You know, he's called, you know, Messiah in Hebrew, Christ in Greek. It, 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 literal translation is the anointed one. Now, here's a bit of deep theology that you won't get from John Mark Comer. <laughs> you, know, you know why he's called the anointed one? Because there isn't an anointed two or three or four. He is the anointed one. And what happens is... Ah, <laughs> All that intellectual stuff. <laughs> and what happens is we, sh we share his anointing. It's his anointing that we get to share. And, and in the New Testament, there's twice where the anointing is, re is referred to when it's not referred to Jesus. When, and both times it refers to the church plural, not to an individual. The anointing that was on him rests on you church, people of God. And, and this is for all of us. This is for all of us. And you know what? The other thing I was waiting for is I was waiting until I achieved a level of spirituality, a level of, 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 of health, a level of, 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 um, of maturity before God would use me. And, and I suddenly realized, I mean, when I got to a certain age, I, I, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to walk into heaven with a limp. So I may as well serve him now. And you know what? I'm, I'm in the process of getting made whole. I'm in the process of getting healed. But there's, there's, there's one or two things that I still struggle with. Let's see if you can guess one of them. No, I'm not 11 months. 
You know, it's, you know, it's like battle with my eating, you know, and, and it's like, and the enemy comes in and whispers in your ear, you know, God's not going to use you, you're not this, and, and you know what, I know I'm not worthy, except he makes me worthy, except he, that's the only basis, and you're, cer- you're certainly not worthy, I mean, just look, no, but, <laughs> that's a joke, uh, but, but he makes you worthy, and this ministry is for all of us. And I suppose what we want to do is we want to share a model that, that works for everyone, that you don't, not just for people who wear white suits and stand on platforms and take big offerings. And I would have loved it if, you know, I, I think there's, you know, they're, they're all right. But I tried the white suit and I never got a big offering. <laughs> so there has to be another way. And um, I think it begins with understanding the nature and the character of Jesus. There's a little story at the end of Mark chapter 1. It's just this little story right at the end. I'm just going to read this. Uh, A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was healed. I am willing. Be clean. The man came to him and said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And I left a bit out. Those of you that are following in your Bibles, you will know that. (laughs) Those of you that aren't. (laughs) And, hey, I'm I'm completely playing on that. It's my English silly humor. All right? There was a bit in the middle. If you're willing, you can make me clean. It says in the NIV, Jesus was indignant. Now, some of the original manuscripts uh, say Jesus had compassion. But but most of the the oldest manuscripts say Jesus was indignant. And that's a funny phrase. You know, the leper comes to Jesus. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what was it? Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Now, Jesus was indignant. Is Jesus was upset, fed up, maybe a bit annoyed. What does indignant mean? Why was he indignant? I wonder if it was this. If I'm willing? Really, you're asking that question? Bits are falling off you. Your social life is a disaster. You are in constant pain. You can't have any close friendships. You have to ring a bell to let people know you're coming. You live in isolation. If I'm willing, we clearly haven't met. That you should ask that question. Of course I'm willing. Be clean. And what it is, is if we just understand his nature, his character the depth of his love, we begin to understand that he wants to meet with us, that he wants to pour his love out on us. He wants to set us free. He wants to heal our broken hearts. He wants to, he wants to raise us up that we might do that for others. That we might do that for others. 
And I, I love this. In Exodus 33, I'm just going to quote it rather than read it. In Exodus 33, I, I puzzled about this for years. Moses, do you remember when Bo, Moses, he says to the Lord, he says, now show me your glory. Do you know, when I first read that, I thought, Moses, you greedy so-and-so. What do you mean, now show me your glory, toward the ends of his life? You know, how much do you want? Leave some for the rest of us, mate. I mean, think about it. You know, the burning bush, that would have done most of us for the rest of our lives, wouldn't it? You know, we'd have written the book, My Burning Bush Experience, you know, and, and all of that. You know, then, you know, the plagues of Egypt. That, I mean, that was pretty interesting. <laughs> then the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, you know, if I parted a pond, I, I, that would be enough. <laughs> then, then hitting a rock and San Pellegrino water gushing out. <laughs> And you know the thing about that, you know, I thought, I thought for quite a while it was, you know, out of the rock came a couple of bottles. Do you know what it says? It says all their, it, it quenched all their thirst. The, the estimates are there were two million of them at that time. That's a lot of flipping water from a rock. <laughs> then there was the manna from heaven. You know, like amazing. And then he says, after all of that and a whole load of other stuff, now show me your glory, eh? Well, what do you think the rest was? What would you like him to do now, Moses? Do you know how the Lord replies? It's very interesting. When Moses says, having seen it all, now show me your glory, the Lord says, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. That's his glory. The glory is in his nature. The glory is in his character. And acts of power are there to reveal his character, to reveal his nature. His, there's three key words. When Moses says, now show me your glory, the Lord answers with three words. Goodness, mercy, compassion. That's it. That's it. That's the glory of the Lord. And that's an authentic sign that, that God is there, that God is on the move. And, and the Lord is wanting to, to, to change our hearts, to fill our hearts with love, to fill our hearts with compassion, to fill our hearts with his tenderness, so that when we move, when we flow in the power of the Spirit, it brings life to people. Life to people in all of who they are. That it doesn't become about us and our show, but it's about them and Jesus meeting with them. And our prayer is, Lord, Lord, get me out of the way as soon as possible. And, and there has to be a way. And there is a way that all of this flows together. And it's, and, it's, you know, and it's not preaching the gospel or moving in the power of the Spirit. It's not, it's not social action and caring for the poor and feeding the hungry or moving in the power. It's all of it together. It's all of it together. It only works when it all flows together. And you know that, and, and the Lord wants to use all of us. That's the conviction that I come with. The Lord, whatever our brokenness, whatever our state, 
whatever the things that we, we don't quite understand. You know, sometimes I've been amazed at my lowest moments, at the moments of biggest self-doubt. He's like, Lord, how did you do that? How on earth did you do that? And that's meant to be how it is all the time. How it is all the time. Just a few years ago, uh, I, I sensed the Lord say to me, um, uh, Mike, will you, will you honor my spirit? And I was a little bit puzzled because, you know, I've, I've been trying to lead ministry times for years. And uh, it was like, but I, I think I do, Lord. And uh, it's, no, you don't. And as I contemplated in his presence, I realized that, you know what, I, we always go into mode of um, what we can control. We always do. It's our nature. So where I started off with, you know, come Holy Spirit, now we're going to wait and see, and I've no idea what's going to happen. I'd move to come Holy Spirit, wait 10 seconds, and then invite people to respond to something that was in the teaching. And, and, and where, again, it was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's the obvious thing to do. But it was like, I, 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 I'd not been listening. I'd stopped listening. And, and this, this, um, this ministry of the Spirit involves constantly relying on Him and, and, and letting go of control. Years and years and years ago, um, a guy called John Wimber, um, I heard him preach. And it was actually in 1983 when I was two. Uh, in 19... That obvious, huh? Um, in 1983, he came over to the UK and he preached this one sermon. And the title of the sermon was, The Lord Says, I Want My Church Back to lead us. The Lord says, the Holy Spirit says, I want my church back. And I don't remember the detail of the talk, but it was, it was, the burden was, you know, leaders, you've taken control of my church, says the Lord. I want you to give control back to me. I want to be the leader, and I want to, you've, I want my church back. And I, 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 I it's, it's come back to me in the last few years that, that he's saying, I think he's saying that again. I think he's saying that again. Our job is to listen, and our job is to be obedient. And tomorrow evening, we're going to do some practical teaching on hearing God speak and the gift of prophecy and how that works, okay? But, but our, our, our job is to listen. And so um, the, I felt the Lord say to me, will you, will you wait for me, and will you do whatever I tell you? And I made an agreement, you know, okay, I will. And I've, I've, I've done my best to try and honor that, you know. And, and, you know, and I've said, what, what, what happens when I get it wrong, Lord? And, and the response was, which is I've said ever since, nobody dies. You might just look a bit foolish. Do you mind that? And it was like, well, not really. I've spent most of my life looking foolish. <laughs> uh, I, I can, you know, and, 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 you know, my fear of failure you know, it's like, what if I'm not in control? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it's like, will you trust me? Will you lean on me? Will you, will you hold my hand when you're not sure? 
because he said to me, I want, I want a deeper intimacy with you. And it's very hard to have intimacy with you when you're relying on yourself. When you lean on me, I want you to lean on me. I want you to rest on me. I want you to run to me. I want you to run to your father, to your daddy. And so I've been on this adventure. And I just want to tell you just a couple of of things. And and the reason I want to tell you is I'm going to tell you the stories where it worked. Because I want to look good, you know. Um, I've got loads of stories of the other one. Well, I might tell you one of those at the end. But, you know, um, but, but the reason I want to say this to you is I want you to know that this is, this, this is for all of us. This is for all of us. And it reveals the kindness and the mercy and the grace and the tenderness and the love of Jesus. Um, we, we do these festivals, as, um, as John Mark said, the, you know, it's... T- 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 at my age, 26 days of camping in the summer. And you know what? That's, that's the whole summer in England. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, well, in fact, it rains most of the time. And, and with, with, mainly with teenagers. And, and, and you know, we, we do these camps anyway. And um, there was a, 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 a year and a half ago. Um, it was in the middle of the ministry. It was towards the end of the week. And, this, and when I say the Lord spoke to me, you, you never know until you've given it. You never know. So it's like the way it works is not hear ye, hear ye, God calling Mike. Are you receiving me? Tablet of stone on its way down, duck. It's never like that. You know, it's, it's never, it's never, you know. It, it's just, it just isn't. It's never been. It might be for some people, but I never get that. The way it works for me is, oh, I just had a thought. That's an interesting thought. Why did I think that thought? That's a strange thought to think. Could that be you, Lord? Or could that be indigestion? And in my case, fairly regularly, it's indigestion. But there's only, I've worked out there's only one way I can find out. And that's by giving it. And I've been amazed. I've been, I've been, I'm the most amazed person. And, and uh, there was this time um, when just this... The thought came into my head, uh, there's someone here um, who's been holding out, who doesn't know me, and uh, he's been teasing his friends. You know, his friends brought him, he's not a Christian, uh, he's been teasing his friends, and he's been mocking everything that's been going on, but he's literally just now prayed to me for the first time, and he's just said, God, if this is real, and you really are there, could you speak to me? Could you show me? And then I felt the Lord say to me, and his name is Brian. So I said, I think there's someone here, this da-da-da-da-da. And I said, and your name is Brian. Brian, where are you? Why don't you come forward? Immediately, this 15-year-old kid walked forward, sobbing, sobbing. People gathered around him. They prayed for him. He gave his life to Jesus. And they were telling me, listen to this. This is the bit I love. This is the bit I love. And people were telling me the next day he was walking around going up to strangers and just saying to strangers, he knows my name. He knows my name. That's it. That's it. He knows my name. He knows my name. 
The, the bit that gets me is not that I have the word. It's that he knows my name. And I'd love to say it like, you know, I just... <laughs> There's someone here called Brian. You've been saying this. The Lord has just shown me. And come forward. If you don't come forward, I will come and get you. <laughs> I'd love to say that. But the way it worked was, oh my goodness, why did you have to say, come forward? What if no Brian, oh, you idiot. Oh, no. There's no, oh, no, you messed it up. There's no Brian, you fool. You, what makes you think you're a, what you think, you're a prophet? You, you're not prophetic, you're pathetic. And all of that. And then it's like, I'm the most surprised person. That, guys, that's how it works. You hear God. It's just you don't realize you hear God. Because you're, you're expecting Charlton flipping Heston. And it's not. It's not. He speaks your language. He whispers. We expect him to, you know, God, in the scripture, God shouts at his enemies, but he whispers to his friends. He whispers to his friends. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. And, and, and we, we miss the gentle whisper, the still small voice. Because we expect it to be a shout. And the reason he whispers is because he wants intimacy with us. He wants intimacy with us. You know, he, 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 he shouts. When, when he shouts, when you shout to someone, it means you want them to stay at a distance. When you whisper, it's because you want them to come close. That's how it works. That's how it works. There was another one, this one I love. That I, well, I love the other one as well. That I just, I just bowled over by. And again, this happened, I, might, I think I might have mentioned this last time I was here, I can't remember. Hi, are you taking, are you taking a video of me? Yeah. <laughs> are you? <laughs> um, yeah. Could, could you just come there? Just, just go there. No, it's all right, just, can you just take, bring your camera, keep it on. <laughs> Get ready. Me, not them. <laughs> what are you taking them for? It's me. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yeah. There was, there was this time. Um, uh, again, at our festival... The, the night before, the night before, um, 200 kids came forward to give their lives to Jesus for the first time. And we were rejoicing that 200 young people gave their lives to Jesus. And the next night, I was down to speak. And right at the end of the worship, I, was, um, I, 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 I go up to speak and, and I just sensed the Lord say to me, um, there's someone here called Sam this, he doesn't know me, this morning he said to his friend, if they make an invitation for people to come forward tonight, I think I might go forward and give my life to Jesus. And then when I heard, when I got that, I thought, well, I'll speak, and at the end, before we do the rest of the ministry, I'll say, if there's anyone here, you didn't give your life to Jesus yesterday and you'd like to tonight, then if you're ready tonight, come forward, and by the way, there might be someone here called Sam, you said to your friend this morning, da-da-da, which I thought was safe. And the Lord said, no, I want you to do it now. And I was like, no, not now, 
not now. And, and the, the, the truth was, it was like, what, what if there's no Sam? What if there is a Sam and he's not a Christian and he doesn't actually want to walk up in front of 8,000 people? You know, have you thought of that, Lord? Ah, ah, I bet that hasn't occurred to you. And then, you know what, I tried, to start, I tried to start preaching, but I knew I was being disobedient, and I knew I was breaking my promise. So it was like, after a few moments, I was like, oh, look, I can't do this. Uh, I'm sorry, but um, I think the Lord's saying, there's someone here called Sam, you said to your friend, da, da, da. Um, uh, if, you come, if, if they invite people forward to become Christians, you might come forward tonight. Well, where are you, Sam? Come forward now, we're inviting you. And then I stood there, and no one came forward. And I died. <laughs> I died. And it was like, oh no, no one's coming. Thank you, Lord. That's great, isn't it? That's really great. How am I going to transition now into the talk? <laughs> you know, what, when do I stop? And, and then after a while, this kid got up and he started walking. And everyone around started clapping. And he walked about 10 paces. And then he sat down next to a girl he obviously fancied. And I wanted to kill him. <laughs> and then the only reason I waited much longer was because I didn't know how to stop. You know, and, and you know, and I was just working up to, well, I obviously got that wrong, folks. Ha 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 ha. Now let's look at, you know, but I was just building up the strength to do that. And then this lad walked, stood up and he started walking from the back and he walked down the aisle and he stopped just there. And when he came close, we saw he was shaking. And I said, are you Sam? And he said, yes. And I said, did you say that to your friend this morning? He said, yes. I said, are you ready to give your life to Jesus? Oh, thank goodness, he said, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and my colleague, Andy, got off the stage and went to him and a couple of others came and in front of 8,000 young people we prayed and he prayed and he gave his life to Jesus and then he started walking back and as he was walking back his friend ran up to him and we could see them hugging and crying together and, um, and I found out the next day the youth, the youth leader came to see me and some of the youth group they were so excited and they said I want you to know it was Sam's best friend that invited him, and he'd been going on at him. And Sam wasn't a Christian. He, he was into drugs. He was depressed, and he didn't want to come. And at the last minute, he decided to come. And yesterday morning, he said to his best friend, I think there's something in this. If they make an invitation tonight, I think I might go forward. Now, my question of the Lord was, Lord, why couldn't it have waited till the end? Why, why did it have to be so theatrical? Why did you have to put me through that? You know I've got a heart condition. <laughs> and you know, the Lord answered when Sam gave his life to Jesus and said, Amen. 8,000 young people spontaneously stood and clapped and cheered and made a noise for the Lord and Sam. And at that point, the Lord said to me, that's why. Because you were all rejoicing 
that last night 200 people gave their lives to me and I wanted to show you all that I will stop a whole meeting for one Sam, for one Sam. And that's how it works. That's how it works. And I could tell you so many, so many stories like that. And you know, I love it. I love it. I'm hooked on it. And, and, and years ago, when I was wanting to step out more in this, um, I, I asked, there's this guy called Blaine Cook who, who was like a, a mentor to me and, uh, and still is. And, um, and I saw God use him in ways that I longed to see. Um, when just in, in all of that stuff, in healing, in everything. And I decided, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to find out what the secret is. And he lives in Southern California um, in a place called Laguna. No, it's, it's Miguel. That's it. Oh, well done. Um, and uh, <laughs> that place. And, uh, and, and I invited myself to go and stay at his house and, um, um, for a few days. And I didn't want to go on my own. So um, I, I, I took my friends Matt and Beth Redman with me. And um, they were in our church from the... Matt was, had been in my youth group. And um, uh, Matt started the church with me, our church. And um, they came with me. And I wanted to know the secret. What's the secret of his anointing? I will find out and capture it. <laughs> and then use it and possibly sell it on, you know? And, and we just hung out, and I just was watching him. And do you know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. It, it wasn't what I hoped. It was if it moved, he laid hands on it. I mean, he just did. He just laid hands on it if it moved. It was incredible. I remember we were on a, we were, he was driving us from Laguna, that place, um, to Anaheim, and it was about a 30-minute or so journey. And as we were driving, um, uh, um, I coughed. And he said, what's that? And I said, oh, I just got a bit of a cough. He said, we're not having that. And he held, had one hand on the steering wheel. The other one, he slapped my chest. And, and in Jesus' name, we speak healing. We rebuke that cough. Then later on, Beth said to Matt, Matt, do you have an aspirin? And Blaine said, why do you want an aspirin? And she said, oh, I've got a bit of a headache. Boom. In half an hour while he was driving us, I'm sure it was illegal, he laid hands on all three of us. And it was like he just kept doing it. And, and I thought, that's the secret. And then I asked him, I asked him, why, why does God seem to do more with you than he does with me and the rest of us? And do you know what? He said two things that I found incredibly helpful. He said, number one, I have a high expectation that God will use me. Just put that in your pipe and smoke it for a few minutes. <laughs> I have a high expectation that God will use me. You don't. You don't. You don't expect that God will use you. And then the second thing he said, and this is where I just knew God spoke to me as well. He said, and I made an agreement with the Lord that if I thought he was telling me something, I would obey 100% and I would not censor what he said to make it safe. I found that incredibly, yes, of course, reliance, reliance on him. 
And do you know, I, I, ever since I became a Christian, I became a Christian because I just wanted, when I found out about Jesus, when I heard the gospel, I was mesmerized by, there's a God who loves me. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, my, my family background was horrific. Um, for all, you know, my dad was very violent. Um, there was all sorts of stuff. And, and you know, when I gave my life to Jesus, I remember I would sit on my bed. I was six, 15, two months before my 16th birthday for hours. And all I would say is, Jesus, you love me. You love me. You love me. God, you're my father. You're my father. Jesus, you love me. God, you're my father. And I just longed for, for, for intimacy. The intimacy where I'd not had it was like healing to my soul. It was healing to, my, to everything about me. And do you know what I've discovered? It, 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 the greatest intimacy for me in my life is when I'm standing here and I say, Holy Spirit, would you come and do whatever you want? And then it's like, well, Lord, here we are, the two of us. And um, I'm not sure what's going on, so will you hold my hand? Will you hold my hand? What are you going to do, Lord? I'm, re I'm, I'm leaning on you. And there's that intimacy in that place that is just, and you know, the longer, the longer we wait, the more wonderful it is for me because I get to hold hands with my Savior, and he's there. You know that um, Eric Liddell, Chariots of Fire, the, the guy, that the Christian racer, you know, he said something once. He said, um, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And do you know, we, we need to find the, the area or areas where God's made us unique, where we feel his pleasure, and do it because I want to feel his pleasure. And it's in that place of, I'm out of my depth, so I'm leaning on you. How does it work as I come into land? It's like, it's like when you're going to step out, if you think God gives you a word for someone, if you think God wants you to pray for someone, when you're waiting for him. It's like, it's like standing on a diving board, and you're about to dive into the pool, and you look down, and you see there's no water in the pool, and you say, Lord... Would you, before I dive, would you put water in the pool? And the Lord says, no. I want you to dive and trust that by the time you get to the bottom, I'll have put water in the pool. There's a huge difference between the two. There's a huge difference between the two. And this is the second one. I have a friend called Ant, Anthony. And Anthony was telling me a while ago about how one day his little girl... Uh, she said to him, um, Daddy, can we make a fire together? So they went into the garden and they collected some twigs and then they collected some leaves and then they collected some bigger pieces of wood and they got some paper and they put it all together and they put the paper underneath and, uh, and Anne's got a match and he lit the paper and his little girl, he said, she's, she, she knelt in, right in front of the fire like this. And it was just lit with a match. And she went like this. She went. <laughs> and Ant said, more water went on the fire than air. You know, that wasn't going to do it. That wasn't going to do it. And it was a pathetic little attempt. And Ant said, despite that, the fire took 
and it got bigger and bigger. And then it became this big raging fire. And, and his little girl turned to him and she said, Daddy, did you see what I just did? I started this fire all on my own. I did it all by myself, Daddy. And Aunt said, I am so proud of you. You are, you are so amazing. You did, you did. Daddy's so proud of you. And then Aunt said to me, what she didn't know is that while she was leaning right next to the flame, going, <laughs> her daddy was behind her, going, <laughs> and that's exactly how it works. The best we can do is, <laughs> but our father, our father, is behind us going it's the wind of his spirit you know what and 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 when we pray for people you know what what we are is we're we're like waiters and waitresses in a restaurant you know we can go up to someone we say what is your order madam and they might say uh, i have a bad left knee i'd like healed please and then we write down Bad left knee, healed. And then we can ask, how would you like that? Rare, medium, or well done? <laughs> and then do you know what we do? We take the order to the chef. And only the chef can make up the order. Only the chef can do that. But we get to play. We get to be involved. And you know what? Sometimes we get complimented for what the... Oh, that was a wonderful meal. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, well, the chef and I sweated ours over that one. <laughs> but you know what? And when we understand that, it takes all the pressure away. What we're going to do now is we're going to just wait for him again. And we're going to see what he wants to do. And, and the honest truth is, I'm relaxed. Because I can't make anything happen. And we've worked that one out. And if he does, if he does more, we just stay later. If he does less, I get to have my meal earlier. And, and the pay's the same. The pay's the same. I, I'm assuming I get an honorarium. Do I? Yeah. The, the pay's the same. And so we wait for the Lord. But just to finish with this, you know the point of this, the point of this is the Lord is wanting intimacy with us. And this is where it happens. You know, when I've seen people, I'll just tell you this one last story, this one last one, last one. Uh, not last Christmas, the Christmas before, I was in, uh, in Kuala Lumpur um, uh, at a church. And, um, and again, there was just this, you know, like, you'd, you've no idea when you say it. You know, it just had this little word. Um, there's someone here, uh, you had a relationship breakdown seven years ago, and it really hurt you, and it's still affecting you. And the name Kevin is significant. There was a lady there who started going to the Alpha course, led by um, the assistant pastors of the church. And seven years earlier, her husband left her and divorced her. And his name was Kevin. And she wrote to me. They told me that evening, but she wrote to me a few weeks later. And she said... I've been asking, Jesus, do you love me? Jesus, is this, is this real? And she said, I now know that, that he's got a plan for me.
that he loves me, that he knows me. And you know what? I'd love to say, well, I just, you know, it was like, really? And I still ask my friends, I still ask my friends, I say, is there any way this could be coincidence? Is there any, I still, I still question, is there any way that in every Christian meeting, there's a certain number of codependent people who will, who will respond to any word? Whether, I mean, could it be? Because it, it, I do. And, and, and it's like, there might be both. There probably is. But it can't all be, can it? I don't think so. And do you know what? If you long for this, God can use you. It doesn't have to be on the stage. We're just modeling it here. But God can use you to bring life to others and to bring change. And you don't have to wait. And one of the biggest barriers, I finish with this, I absolutely finish with this, is to know that he loves you. To know that he loves you. Are you secure in his love? Because if you are, those that know they're loved are brave. Those that know they're loved are brave. This is the last story and it's not about me. All right, I promise, I lied last time. This time I'm telling the truth. <laughs> you know, there's um, a, a friend of mine, he has a, another little girl. And what's weird is his little girl, when she was about five, uh, her favorite thing was uh, this, this porcelain doll, a china doll, which is ridiculous. You know, in this modern day when... You know, you touch them and they cry and they wee and everything like that. She just loved. And, and so what they did is whenever she was going to bed, they take the porcelain doll from the mantelpiece and she would hold it and stroke it and kiss it. And then she'd say goodnight and they put it back on the mantelpiece and she would go to bed. For some reason, it was her favorite. You can't work out kids sometimes. And then one day, father and daughter were having a pillow fight and it got rather heated and they went from room to room. And father lost concentration in the living room at one point, And his daughter got him with an uppercut with the pillow. And he was annoyed. And he thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her the blast. I'm going to knock, you know, I'm going to finish this. And he leant right back. He leant right back to get a good swing. And the pillow hit the, china, the porcelain doll on the mantelpiece. And it started to totter. And then it fell. And he said to me, he said, he said, the next bit was like slow motion. It went, it fell, and the two of us went, no. <laughs> but it smashed into little pieces on the ground. He said, I looked at my little girl, and she had tears in her eyes, and she says, Daddy, you've killed my dolly. You've killed my dolly. And he said, darling, I've got a credit card. I'll buy you another one. And she said, I don't want another one. I only wanted that one. And he picked up all the pieces. He put them in his study. He went and bought super glue. And he spent the whole of the next day trying to glue the doll together. He showed it to his little girl. And it was terrible. It was, you know, he couldn't put the pieces. And he showed it to her and he said, darling, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll buy you another one. And she said to him, but I already told you, daddy, I don't want another one. I only want this one. And he said to her, but darling, this one's broken. And she replied, just because she's broken doesn't mean I can't love her. Just because you're broken doesn't mean he can't love you. And just because you're broken doesn't mean he can't use you. He doesn't do it 
on the basis of our wholeness. We get healed on the way. I've stopped. Let's just, let's just, um, Tom, why don't you come and join me and give everyone hope? Hmm. Let's just, let's just wait on the Lord. And, and far, uh, actually, can we keep the lights up a little bit just so I can see the enemy? It just really helps. <laughs> I want to be able to see the whites of your eyes. <laughs> and Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you send your spirit again now. Holy Spirit, would you move among us? Uh, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done in this place as it is in heaven. And we ask for more of you, more of you. Come, Lord, and reveal Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you reveal the Father and the Son to us afresh? Would you pour out, would you pour out the love of the Father into our hearts? Holy Spirit, would you come and equip us? Give us all that we need. And Lord, we don't want to work you up. We can't work you up. You come down. And so we wait. I just want you for a moment just to wait. No one needs to say anything. Just wait. And don't worry about anyone else. Just receive. We wait for you, Lord. As we wait on him, the Lord is here. The Lord is here. And if you're sensing God's spirit, God's presence resting on you in, in a significant way, you know, there's something, you know it's him. I'm just going to ask you really quietly. We're not going to embarrass you, but it's just a way of responding. Just wherever you are, just to quietly stand. You don't need to do that to help me out or anything like that. But if you, that's it. If there's others, just stand. That's it. And Lord, I pray that you would increase your anointing on those who are standing. We pray for another wave of your presence. Another wave of your presence. Uh, that's it. That's it. Now, this is like the first wave. There'll be other waves. And I don't understand how this works, but I've just seen it. Would those nearby, all right, now, just want, want you just to um, if you're next to this person, just reach out a hand. Maybe stand with them, put a hand on their shoulder. You don't, you know, and just bless what God is doing. God has begun it. You, you don't need to say anything to them. You might just, just pray, Lord, more of you, more of your presence. We bless what you're doing. 
All right, now, some of you may be thinking, I'm not anointed, I'm not appointed to do this. There's the prayer team are anointed and appointed. If you don't think you're anointed, um, I just want to fix that. Look at me now. Are you ready? <laughs> Done. Okay? All you need to do is, is love Jesus and breathe oxygen. Okay? And maybe the prayer team... Uh, you might want to move around, and what you're going to do now is you're going to be the enabling team. So you're going to encourage folk and coach as they do that. Uh, if there's no one, it just if you, and maybe if you see there's no one, someone's got no one praying for them, just, just go and pray all over this room. Lord, more. Lord, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. And he'll be doing lots of different things right now with lots of different people. Um, is there, is there someone here, and you might find this hard to respond to, but I'm going to ask you, is there someone here um, you've had in the last, in the last few years, uh, someone's, someone's left you, they haven't died, but they've, they've, maybe they've moved away or there's been a breakdown, or someone really close to you, they've left you, and you've had two people close to you who have died, and it's left you distraught. And it's left you fearing that, 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 that anyone you get close to is going to leave you. And uh, during, during today, during even this evening, it, you, you felt it again. You thought about it again. And uh, if that's you, the Lord really wants to meet with you because you've been carrying this for a long time. Um, where are you? If that's you, I just love, not going to embarrass, is that you? Is that you? All right. Could, could a member of the, the prayer team just come, uh, just come, uh, that's it, with this lady, just put your hand up one more time, there, just need, just, just to go right to her and stand with her, if there's a lady maybe who could go, just pray, the Lord wants to heal you and it's been incredibly lonely and you've been fearing and Lord Jesus, I break the power of, that's the spirit resting on you, I break the power of the fear it, it, that's not the Lord's will that you lose anyone who you're close to, that that keeps happening. The Lord wants to set you free. That's a lie from the enemy. And Lord Jesus, we pray life. We pray life to you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Is there a, 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 a little group of you? Um, you've, you've been sensing that the Lord wants to use you together and to go on an adventure um, in ministry, um, and, and you've been saying to each other, we want to do this together, and we think Jesus is saying, and you've been asking the Lord to confirm that. You really think it's him, it's what you'd love, and it's like there's a bond between you, and you've, you're sharing vision with each other. There's a little group of you. Um, where are you? If that's you, I'd love to get some folk to pray for you. Could you indicate and maybe come to the front? Um, you've been talking together about that. Are you here? All right. Are the others, where's the, that? are the others here? Is it, it's the two of you, is it? Okay. All right. Are you husband and wife? No. no. All right. Lovely. 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 No, that's, that's, that's good. That's, we're going to pray for you too. And, um, and I think there might be some others, another little group as well. Could, could some, a couple of folk come and pray with these guys? Just come and pray for them. And the, just the Lord wants to meet with you. And he wants to confirm 
his word, and he wants to guide you and give you discernment. And I think, I think there's another, another little group as well. There's a, a few of you, you sense the Lord calling you together. Where, where, where are you? If you're here, could you make yourself known to me? If, if you're not, then I obviously got it wrong, and nobody died. Um, maybe the rest of the band could join Tom because he's looking lonely there. Um, we thank you, Lord. Is that you guys? Ah, uh, uh, you think so? All right. Oh, and him? Who? What? And you, Lot? Ah? Uh? Oh, well, they heard for you, so you've been appointed. Oh, they're your wives. Oh, you've got no choice, mate. Um, well, and him as well. All right, how many of you is there? Okay. Well, we can, hey, we're going to pray for you, and they'll tell you what it was about later, all right? But, but they, they sense the Lord's calling you to, to serve him together. And, um, um, and so whether you like it or not, because the wives rule. But you, okay, that's, you, you, oh, well, that's one of the great, come on, that's okay. Why don't some folks just come and pray for them? And Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for what you want to do amongst these, your people. I thank you, Lord, for the things you... I get it. I... Yes, yeah. Okay. 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 Late to the party, but I'm there now. Um, and Lord, we just pray for this church plant. Ha, <laughs> And... Um, and Lord Jesus, we ask that you anoint them. Lord, anoint them together. Form them, form them, Lord, as friends before anything, as brothers and sisters. And Lord, use all their gifts. And Lord, give them wisdom, give them discernment. And Lord, I pray that they would find favor uh, in this town that they're going to, that they would find favor with you and with people and that you would see many come to know you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to raise them up in their gifts, just more of your presence, more of your spirit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Okay, we're going to keep praying for them. The Spirit of God's just beginning to rest on them, which is wonderful. Um, is there, we're going to start worshipping in a little while. That's just a warning to Tom. That's very subtle to think of a song. And uh, um, is, is, there, is there someone here about six, six and a half years ago, um, you had, um, uh, there, was, there was an incident in your life that confused you and hurt you, and you know it still affects you, most of the time you're fine, but every now and then, and it's happened in the last week, it comes back to you, and it's like, oh, oh and you know it you know it still causes you pain. It's something that happened six to six and a half years ago, something like that. Who, who is that? Where are you? If that's, is that someone here? I think the Lord wants to meet with you. Be brave if you let, let me know who you are, if that's you. Is that anyone here? It, where's that? All right. Okay. Well done. Well done for being brave. Could some folk just come and stand with her? Just ready to pray. Just need some to come and pray. And we're going to begin to worship Jesus. Now, can I say, tomorrow night, um, we're going we're gonna, to, um, I want to encourage you guys 
um, to, to, to go for it with words, okay? All I'm trying to do is model it, okay? That's all. I, it's nothing special. I mean, look at me. Look at me. Nothing special. All right? Is that you as well? All right. All right. The Lord loves you. Just come, Spirit of God. Just come, Spirit of God. More. And Lord, just release her. Just release her from that incident. Just release her from the pain. Just break the power of the pain. Okay. 